Welcome to Talking Robots, the podcast with an inside view on the science, technology, and business of intelligent robotics. Hi, I'm Sabine Howard from the Laboratory of Intelligent Systems at the EPFL in Lausanne, Switzerland. In this episode of Talking Robots, we interview Gianmarco Verugio on his new field of robotics coined RoboEthics. Military robots, medical robots, robots in our everyday environment, sex with robots, and robots that will be replacing us. So many questions which are being raised and addressed at the Scuola di Robotica in Genova, Italy. Hi Gianmarco, welcome to Talking Robots. Hi Sabine. In today's interview, we'll really be concerned with questions that transcend all areas of robotics, namely the ethical aspects of robotics or roboethics. What are the main ethical questions raised by robotics today, in your opinion? It is not easy to summarize this subject in a few words, as you can imagine, but um, I will do my best. In, you know, in the course of the present century, intelligent autonomous machines will gradually substitute many automatic machines, which will become more and more intelligent and autonomous. So we will be witnessing a robotic invasion. Uh, in the same time, the, the, the application fields of robots is widening, uh, and the robot is coming out of the factories and entering to our homes and offices. So the robot is becoming a partner and a companion. And uh, in the next decades, uh, in the industrialized world, humanoids will be among us, companions to elderly and children, assistants to nurses, physicians, firemen, workers. So they will have electronic eyes, synthetic human-like voices, hands, legs, uh, soft silicone skin, and so on. So... The problem is that very often they will be smarter and quicker than people they ought to assist. So placing robots in the human environments, not in factories, but in our daily lives, inevitably raises important issues of safety, ethics, and economics. There are many questions. What is going to happen when these smart robots will be our servants and when our lives will depend on them? Could ill-intentioned people use these robots to harm others? And what about robotics applied to war and to lethal weapons? Or uh, other, another very large set of questions. What kind of roboethics and or bioethics should rule the next generation of robotics prosthesis? So, as you can see, any robotic application will change the environment and will open new ethical questions, which were never faced before. So if I'm having dinner with people that I just met, and I'm, I tell them that I'm doing a PhD in robotics, these people are usually going to ask me all these questions that you, you just raised. Uh, why do you think robotics raises such passions or worries? Okay, <laughs> the issue you pose is very interesting. I, um, I discussed the these subjects many times with friends and colleagues, uh, both in the Western and the Eastern world. So mm, my opinion is that for reasons related to our history, which dates from the fertile crescent lands to ancient Egypt to classical Greece and in our Mediterranean European mythology, mm, and also in the following literature, 
was born the so-called legend of the rebellion of the automata. I, I think, um, if you think to the Pandora's myth, uh, to the first engineer, Daedalus, uh, and to the tales of the golem uh, and Frankenstein and so on, you, you see that uh, this, uh, this, this legend is uh, very common. I can imagine that uh, the myth of the robot's rebellion has something to do with the anthropology of the Mediterranean cultures, dominated by authoritarian empires, and uh, with the subject of the monotheistic religions, where a father creator is surrounded by subdued sons, we are transferring our human emotions to our artificial creatures. And the interesting thing is that it is not so in all world cultures. For instance, the mythology of the Japanese cultures does not include such paradigm. On the contrary, machines and, in general, human products are always beneficial and friendly to humanity. In Japan, today's robots, derived from the tradition of the manufacturing of the karakuri, which are mechanical puppets, these are friendly characters like today's manga. So they, they don't have this fear uh, related to the, the possibility of uh, a robot could, uh, could be harmful for uh, humans. That's why the debate on roboetics is so interesting and uh, rich of unexpected sides. You've been conducting this debate on roboethics all over the world, organizing international conferences and workshops. Uh, what is your main motivation in organizing these events? Well, <laughs> I think that my interest toward the social and ethical issues of science and technology dates from my school days, from my transdisciplinary education. Actually, I went to a secondary school focusing on humanities, where I studied literature and history, and I loved the philosophy. But at the same time, I was attracted by science and technology, and I was a fan of science fiction, and especially of Asimov stories. Maybe this was the reason I chose a degree course in electronic engineering with a focus on computer science. And... Years later, when I was designing and developing my robots, I realized that uh, there wasn't any structured discussion on the effects of the application of robotics, uh, of robotics uh, to our society. From there, I came, uh, it came to my mind the idea to open an international debate on what I call the roboetics, to prepare ourselves, the roboticists, and the whole society to this new technology. Do you think uh, scientists generally feel concerned by ethical questions? Yes, I, um, I think that in general um, they are concerned uh, in, in the recent times because, uh, you know, after the, the World War II, um, the acknowledgement of the ethical and societal implication of science technology uh, has been uh, growing. So, in the present years, much has been said on the field uh, of nuclear physics, and uh, today the debate on genetic engineering is very hot. You know that in Italy, this more 
discussed than in other countries due to our stronger religious tradition. So I think the the the, the consciousness of scientists is, is increasing. But in uh, robotics, the debate, of course, is at the beginning. And when we started, uh, we found mainly three positions in uh, robotic engineers. The first uh, and is uh, a group of people that is not interested in ethics at all. This is uh, the attitude of those who consider that direction as strictly technical. They don't think they have a social or a moral responsibility. They think that the, the responsibility of, is, uh, of the society, of the politicians, and so on. And uh, this is a very, very a common position uh, in, uh, in engineers. But uh, there is um, an increasing group of people that is interested in short-term ethical questions. And this is the attitude of those who express their ethical concern in terms of good or bad. So they think that they can apply their own culture, their own, their own uh, values, their, their own social conventions to their work. The, the third group is people that is interested in uh, wide long-term ethical concerns. And in this case, we can take care of the problems of different cultures. We, we, we think of uh, problems like digital divide uh, between South and North, or, or digital divide between young and elderly, or problem of democracy that could be affected by this, this new technology. And uh, I am very satisfied to, to, to see that uh, the result of three years of debate is an increasing number of scientists and scholars but also of the laymen interested in robotics. The evidence is the technical committee born inside the Robotics and Automation Society, that, which organized a couple of workshops on the subject. And there is also a, an European project that has a work package focused on the ethical, legal, and societal aspects of robotics. So at the present times, the discussion crossed over the border of uh, robotic scientists, but also involved the philosophers, jurists, sociologists, and many scholars of other fields, also in the medicine, for instance. So I am very happy to see that uh, the, the debate is uh, widening every day. Okay, so now we're getting into the concrete. Before you spoke of Asimov, and Asimov had his three and then four laws to define the limits to impose to robots. Uh, just recently, Japan released recommendations for the secure and safe performance of the next generation of robots. Euron also has a roboethics roadmap, and South Korea has a, a roboethics charter. So, concretely, what is needed to define limits of what is ethical in robotics? Well, I think we need an internationally open debate, because we live in the age of globalization, and robotics will have a global market, just, just like computers, video games, consoles, car, cars or cameras. This means that also robo-ethics, which is an applied ethics, not a theoretical one, is the daughter of our globalized world. We need an ethics which could be shared by most of the cultures of the world and capable to be translated in international laws that could be adopted by most of the nations of the world. 
but um, because we said that there are big differences in the way human-robot relationships is considered in various cultures and religions, only a large and long-lasting international debate will be able to produce useful philosophical, technical, and legal tools. You see, think of the um, other sensitive uh, problems like uh, Kyoto Protocol of uh, Death Penalty. You see, to reach an international agreement could, uh, could take uh, many, many years. So if we take the example of just, uh, just Europe, uh, do you have an example of a limit or a law that should be uh, put in place? Well, um, robots are complex machines, so we have many levels of intervention. At the technical level, we need a huge work by the standard committees of the various international organizations to achieve safety standards, just like uh, for any other machine or appliance. And this, in case of robots, uh, is more complex than in other cases due to the potential unpredictability of learning autonomous machines. This means, for instance, that we have to impose some limits up to a certain extent on the autonomy of the robots, especially in sensible circumstances when the robot could be harmful. So this could be a limit to the implementation of the most advanced achievement of research. On another point, at a legal level, we need a whole new set of laws regulating, for instance, the mobility of robots in the working place or in public spaces, setting clear rules about the liability, accountability of their operations. And uh, uh, at the basis uh, of the discussion, of course, uh, we have a philosophical and ethical level. So, for instance, we need to discuss in deep the, the problem of the lethality of robots. This means that the humankind has to decide if the license to kill humans could be released to robots, for instance, in military applications. I think the, the general population should decide if they want that robots are allowed to kill humans. People are already making military robots. I'm, are we late or early in implementing such laws or limits? I think that we are in time because the robotics invasion is going to happen and most of the problems are not yet arose in the society. But uh, uh, I think that uh, we, have, we have to work hard because military applications are already under development and in sometimes uh, they are already employed in the world theaters. So I, I think we have to work. I'm guessing these limits will mainly be used to protect humans from robots. But if we consider that a robot is considered capable of decision, conscious or emotional, uh, shouldn't we also be looking at what can ethically be done to a robot? Uh, for example, I see a problem when Levy says, we will program the robots to want us. In an interview about his book on love and sex with robots, the evolution of human-robot relationships. Well, it must be stressed that Roboethics, as I see it, is a human ethics, like bioethics. It is the ethics of men and women who are designing, manufacturing, and employing robots. It's not the artificial ethics, the set of rules that we can put inside robots. Because robots, as a, sorry, 
robots cannot have any ethics because they are machines. Also, also David says we will program them to want us. We will program them. They are machines programmed by men. Even in case these programs are very, very advanced, including um, learning, uh, growing up, adaptation, uh, and so on, but they still are machines. Any serious roboticist who is building real robots knows that their actual emotional capacities are less vivid than those of an amoeba. They are machines. So speaking of robots' emotions is definitely too early. Also because we actually don't know what human emotions are. So I think that all these talks about robots' consciousness, robots' emotions, robots' rights are based on the confusion created by the use of the same words for different items. The intelligence of a machine is not the intelligence of a human. So the autonomy of a machine is not the free will of a human. The self-knowledge of a machine is not the consciousness of a human. There are different concepts, even if we use the same word. And when a machine displays an emotion, this doesn't mean that it feels that emotion in the same way that a human feels it, but only that it is using an emotional language to interact with humans. So I think the problem is that a human will probably be able to love a robot, just I love my bike, for instance. But the day a robot will love a human is far, far away. One issue which is seldom raised is the question of religion in robotics. Do you see a conflict between religions in general and robotics? No, I don't see any conflict between religion and robotics. As I told before, in my view, robots are machines, and religions deal with humans, not with machines. The problem is that robots are the machines which are more similar to the humans we are ever built. And this makes it easier for people who don't know the subject to speaking about robots as if they were humans. <clears throat> On one side, this could facilitate the rising of world sects claiming some nuts vision about robots. On the other side, it could generate suspects and diffidence in the traditional religions that could in turn lead them to raise obstacles to the research and development of the most advanced robotics applications. That's why one of the main tasks of roboethics is correct information that is the base of a reliable and honest debate in society. Actually, a democratic society is based on the dissemination of honest and reliable information, and robotics need this kind of dissemination. Let's talk a, a bit about the future now. How will you continue your action in the field of roboethics? As I told before, I think uh, <clears throat> the most important activity is the dissemination of the correct information of robotics and its application. Because my first task uh, is to inform society. In, in the context of this uh, approach, I have promoted the production of a documentary on roboethics that is called the Ciao Robot, that in English is a Hello Robot, but Ciao is international, which is the result of three years of researches, interviews, discussions. 
and um, we filmed many different stories related with military robotics, with health robotics, uh, and so on. <clears throat> and we interviewed many famous uh, roboticists, like, for instance, um, Miss Robin Murphy and uh, other people that uh, actually works with robots in the society. More, more than this, I think that I will increase my, my activity to inform uh, and educate the policymakers uh, and, um, at the national and international level. So I will try to work uh, with the highest level of institutions, United Nations, the Human Rights and Ethics Committee, UNESCO, and, uh, and, and so on, trying to, to, to make clear that uh, the robotic uh, community want uh, to be part of the process of uh, developing uh, the, the correct uh, robot-society relationships. What areas of research in robotics do you see as the most challenging in the future from an ethical point of view? Yeah, it's difficult, but I think that the most sensitive areas so far are uh, the healthcare robotics and military robotics because uh, the, probably they are the most advanced the most um, funded by the society and uh, probably the most uh, related with the previous ethical problem thinking of healthcare robotics we can see that surgical robots will create new questions about the liability of uh, actions inside uh, a surgery. So this will need a new, new discussion about uh, the, problem, the new problem with the ethics committee in the hospital, with bioethical committee and so on. Or another very important field is the field of uh, biorobotics, Think of uh, artificial prosthesis, uh, artificial limbs, uh, artificial internal organs, uh, and so on. Human augmentation, and this is um, a field rich in um, in promises of enhancing the life of people, but also capable to pose uh, critical questions uh, about uh, what a human is. What is the limit of intervention on human? What is the, the rule we can follow in choosing what humans will be chosen to, 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 to benefit of this new technology that is costly, that is not possible to, to be spread all over the population? So I think the, the, the medical field, the healthcare field, is probably the the first and of course also the military field because uh, as we told before military applications are already developed and uh, used and uh, the problem of the lethal force uh, released to autonomous machine is a very very huge problem that will need a, a deep discussion in international committees in all areas of robotics now where do you see the biggest potential well, I think that um, 
industrial robotics still have a big potential of development because it is the the, the most developed field of robotics, the historical field of robotics. But I think that there are still many, many possibilities of development. For instance, we are facing um, the, the, the problem of uh, the loss of human lives uh, at work. In Italy, this problem is uh, very serious now. And you can see that uh, the use of uh, robots in the factories should not be limited to, to, uh, to the, the lines of production of cars or uh, appliances, but also for managing all of the dangerous situation that um, could be harmful for humans. So I think uh, that uh, in, in the future we, we should try to put robots on the front line of the danger, uh, putting men and women in the second line on a more safe and technical uh, work of um, controlling robots, uh, managing robots, servicing robots, but not uh, risking their lives. So I think uh, this is uh, probably um, the, the most important field that is cross-related with service robotics, because also service robotics, uh, not just in the factories, but also in um, outdoor environments like uh, in, uh, in, uh, in, in firefighters' uh, environments and so on, could be very, very, very useful. So I think that uh, industrial service robotics will be probably the most interesting in the near future. And 20 years from now, in which fields will robotics have had the biggest impact on our lives? Well, very difficult to, <laughs> to, to, to say this. Uh, but probably I think that uh, environmental protection could be the most uh, important field for our lives because you know that the life on our planet rely on the health of the planet itself. And uh, the, the life of, of our planet is, um, is in danger, not just for global warming, but also for the, the risk that is uh, related with all uh, the pollution sites that we have, for instance, in the deep sea. There are... Uh, thousands of uh, sites uh, in which uh, sunk uh, ships or uh, airplanes uh, are releasing uh, pollutants in the sea. There are a lot of uh, chemical, nuclear wastes that uh, have been uh, simply thrown at sea as if sea could, uh, could digest these uh, poisons. But the sea can't do that in uh, tens or hundreds of years. It could uh, take thousands of years for the sea to recover, for uh, to recover from a strong uh, pollutant. Um, so, I think that uh, in some 20 years, uh, robots could be crucial to save the life 
at sea and uh, finally all over the planet. Thanks, Gianmarco, for being here with us on Talking Robots. Thank you to, to you. It was very interesting <laughs> to speak about roboethics. Thank you. That was Gianmarco Veruggio on Roboethics. Thanks for listening. Hope to see you in two weeks. Talking Robots, the inside view on robotics. For more information on past and upcoming podcasts, visit our website at lis.epfl.ch. <laughs>